I'm the oldest in my family. I have no older cousins on either side. So growing up, I was very familiar with what it was like to have babies around. But after I went to seminary and kind of have been gone from this area for the last six years, it was very interesting to come back and to experience my friends from high school as being friends in high school to now married with kids. And it's just very interesting to see how their personalities uh, have now stepped into this new role as bringing children into the world and caring for them. And it's really, it's really been a great experience to see how much they love their children. And one of my friends in particular, uh, just a, he's a big guy, he played football in college, and now he has two kids and his oldest is this blonde little two-year-old. And just watching the love between them is absolutely amazing. I gotta tell you a quick story. I was at their house last week and he told me they live on a farm and have some woods, that when they go to the woods, he told his son that when the birds are chirping, they're telling him that they're happy to see him. So now when he goes down to the woods and the birds start to chirp, he looks up in the trees and says, I'm happy to see you too. <laughs> but really just to watch you know, the love between a father and a son after now studying seminary and understanding a little bit of theology, it's really caused me to reflect upon how much more our Heavenly Father will do for us. You know, I think we recognize that our earthly parents will do anything and everything in their capacity to watch out for us, but a lot of the ways we know that our Lord, God the Father, will do everything that He can to protect us. And while we may know that intellectually, a lot of times it's difficult for us to recognize that in our hearts. A lot of times it's difficult to recognize based on our experiences in the world, whether it's the imperfections like all of our earthly parents have, or trust issues when we've been um, you know, hurt in our relationships, that sometimes our human experience affect the ability for us to look at the way that God takes care of us in all ways. And I just absolutely love this second reading. Paul is talking to the Ephesians, and in the first line of the reading, we see what God has done for us, and in the last line of the reading, we have seen why God has done this for us. So that first reading, or the first line, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have become near by the blood of Christ. The fact is that when Adam and Eve fell, this created a chasm that we were not able as human beings, as creatures, to heal that relationship. It took God, it took dying on the cross, it took the Father sending His Son and that blood to heal that relationship. And then we look at the last line. He came and preached peace to those who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through Him we have access in one spirit to the Father. The fact is the reason that this has all been done, the reason we were created is because God wants to have a relationship with us. God wants us to be a part of his lives. The fact that he created us was not because he was bored or he was lonely, but because he wanted you to enjoy life. And the fact is that he gave us the opportunity to return that love that he has given us, so he gave us free will. We're not robots. God doesn't say, get up, do this, do that, and we get up, do this, do that. No, we have free will. We have the ability to go out into the world and recognize that everything that has been given to us is from the Father. And we have a, we have a choice. 
to give everything back and to say, yes, Lord, I recognize that you are the only thing that will satisfy me. You are the only thing that will complete my life. I love you. Or we can say, no, I don't know if you're actually going to give me everything I need. And I need to look in different areas. Now, when we fall into sin, we don't make this decision explicitly saying, God, I reject your love. But it's a part of that wound in our heart. It's a part of our brokenness that we each have, myself included, where we're looking to what completes us. In our own childlike way, we're just simply searching for who's going to take care of us. The same way a child calls out to his dad, what heart can't be moved when a child says, Daddy, pick me up, you know, that beautiful scene. And in a lot of ways, in our spiritual life, that's us. Dad, pick me up. And our Lord does that. He's just asking you to come to him. He's asking you to know him. The reason you and I were put on this earth is to know God. To know him in this life and to be with him in the next life. Knowing our Lord is the most important thing that we can do. How do we do this? Through prayer. Prayer is the way that we communicate and have a relationship with God. It is the most important thing we can do. We don't do enough of it, and we need to do it every single day. And if you're anything like me, your prayer life consisted of learning the Hail Mary, learning the Our Father and the Glory Be, maybe a few other family prayers, prayer before meals, which is great. It's beautiful. And there's a lot of depth there that I think we miss out on. But we never take the opportunity to improve our prayer life. We never take the opportunity to say, maybe there's something that I'm missing in my prayer life. Each and every one of us were created in a unique way. We have different tastes. We have different preferences. And I think we fail to recognize that Mother Church has a form of prayer for each of our unique ways. So this morning, I really want to not only challenge myself, because we all need to improve it, but each and every one of you. The same way you want to improve your academic life and learning more about the world and the sciences and whatever you're interested in, expanding your mind. The same way you want to improve your talents, whether it's sports or painting or learning languages. The same way you want to do well at your job. The same way you want to improve your home. When was the last time you thought about improving your prayer life? When was the last time you thought down and reflect, sat down and reflected, when do I pray? What do I pray for? How do I pray? Because we're not going to be at peace that our Lord talks about in the second reading unless we have that relationship with Christ. We're not going to have that joy in life if we don't continually strive to know God more. So whether it's the rosary, expounding and listening and reflecting on different parts of our Lord's life, whether it's putting more into Mass, reading the readings before you get here, spending more time in Thanksgiving after receiving our Lord, going to the Scriptures, reading that love letter that God wrote to each and every one of us, and really asking, how do these words, not 
mean something to someone thousands of years ago, what do they mean to me? What is God saying to me? Praying with each other, praying over your family, praying with your friends, worship music, whatever it is to help you get to that place where you can get to know God a little bit more, that's where we need to go. That's where we need to find ourselves so that we can understand a little bit more about God. Our Lord is calling out to you every single day. I love you. That's why I created you. Let me be a part of your life. He shed his blood for you. Not someone 2,000 years ago. You, sitting in this church in St. Patrick's and St. Charles. He died for you. And that should change your life. Know that in your heart. And know him through prayer. So as we receive our Lord in the Eucharist this morning, I'm challenging myself and I invite you to join me to this week. Reflect on your prayer life. And ask God to give you the, pray, give you the grace to know him more through prayer.